elevate your healthcare experience in 2024. Discover the driving forces shaping the healthcare landscape with the NRC Health Experience Perspective. Be the first to access the insights and trends informing the future of healthcare. Register now to join the live national webcast and get first access to the report. Secure your spot at nrchealth.com. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Myron Lewis, President and CEO of Blanchard Valley Health System. Myron, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Absolutely, Laura. Glad to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what you're doing at Blanchard Valley Health System and some of the things that you're working on over the next few years. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, well, I'm the president and CEO of Blanchard Valley Health System. Um, grew up in healthcare, actually started out as a social worker at the bedside, and over the years just continued to learn and harvest the, the knowledge around healthcare, and it certainly has changed tremendously over the last 25 years. And in my current role at Blanchard Valley Health System, uh, it's a two-hospital uh, system in northwest Ohio, about 45 minutes south of Toledo. We have a long-term care division with um, nursing homes. We have hospice, both multiple inpatient settings and outpatient settings and home health services and cancer center and inpatient and outpatient behavioral health, including a, our medical group and DME company. And we actually do biomed um, for about 20 counties in um, Ohio. We have a corporation that does that. And we're one of the um, 50, 60 male clinic network hospitals in the United States. And we have around 3,200 associates and we serve eight counties. That's great to hear. And certainly sounds like you've got a robust operation there, um, providing a multitude of services to the community, which I know is so important and can be a, a particular lifeline for folks who may not have had healthcare access traditionally. So, you know, when you look at across the organization and across the enterprise, what are your top priorities right now? Well, Laura, that's a really good question because, uh, you know, right now, workforce jumps out, access to disparities for individuals, you know, evolving technology, AI, you know, just managing the paradigm shift between increased cost and lower reimbursement, huh, cybersecurity. There's so many things as we learn to deliver in the ambulatory system as business moves away from the hospital. We're also managing what I call the frenzy of regulatory pressures and the administrative burden that we're adjusting to constantly. And you know, some of the pressures are the inconsistency in Medicare Advantage products and really causing havoc on, for health systems trying to deliver care and understand the rules. But, you know, the aging population and, and creating a further erosion in the payer mixes are a real pressure. Just this slight change in um, reimbursement mix for us costs us $9.3 million in reimbursement in 2023 for doing the same work. And so healthcare is really being challenged by many areas. And I think that it's always been challenged. It's just that seems uh, right now it's just a cluster of variables and external pressures that seem pretty rampant. So what can Blanchard Valley Health System to do to manage this? I think it's the same as any great organization. We need to manage the things we have um, more control over. And I say more control because we probably don't have control over a lot, but we do have control over some things. So. We focus on our culture, trying to drive that um, because we know that everything will really build off of that. Having a really clear strategy, knowing what we can and can't do, and prioritizing our work, 
and really focusing on continuous improvement day in and day out and establishing clear results and expectations and best practices for our organization to meet our community's needs. So those are some of the things that we focus on at a high level to be as efficient as we can in delivering care to our community. Well, that's great to hear. And I can imagine, you know, a, a lot of our listeners are experiencing the same things and, and really see uh, some of the issues that you outlined, whether workforce reimbursement and, and the changing um, setting of care, you know, really is big challenges and issues that don't have an easy answer or solution or, or even something that's immediate. But the steps that you talked about, looking at culture, looking at strategy um, and continuous improvement certainly are ways to get you there. Um how do you see Blanchard Valley Health System evolving over the next two to three years or so? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is we're really building what we call our leadership management system and how we do our work, how we make decisions, how we build our culture, making sure we have that clear strategy, that continuous improvement is not just a fad, but it is, it's how we operate because we have to be more efficient and continuing to drive towards results. So believe it or not, all the, uh, the priorities that we have today, well, in three years, they're going to be different priorities. Five years ago, they were different priorities. COVID created a whole new priority. I always ask, what are those priorities? How do we manage them? What is our operation system? And I think that that's where healthcare um, really needs to continue to evolve. Um, I think we're still at the beginning of our evolution of being efficient um, and having a clear um, leadership expectations uh, and leadership training, both for our physicians and our management team, our non-physician leadership team. And so we are actually making sure we put that together very strong so that whatever um, pressures come against our sales, if you will, that we have a operational system that helps manage those and prioritize those. Like when you don't have that in place, it can seem like you're just jumping all over the place. It'll seem that way to your um, to your associates, it'll seem that way to your management uh, team, and it'll be seem that way to our community. So I think harvesting a really good leadership management system actually prepares us for the next 10 years, and we need to continue to double down on that. You know, but that, that's kind of a foundational process. When you look at what other things are we going to be doing on top of that, well, to address those priorities, it'll be a lot. But Certainly, you know, you can't go through any meeting or conversation today without talking about AI. You know, we will focus on AI initiatives in the back office operations first and foremost, and then those will slowly migrate into more clinical areas as they prove themselves out. Um, we have a lot of players out there. Somebody said there's a thousand IT tech companies out there trying to solve this, and, and in six months there'll be in another thousand, and 500 of them will be gone. And so it's going to be an evolution, and we need to work with that. The other thing, you know, we're a mid-sized hospital. We have um, products and programs and services that even some large health systems don't have. We have a behavioral health inpatient unit and outpatient services. A lot of healthcare systems don't have that. But so we can't be everything to everybody. So we need to understand what our strengths are, and we need to partner with others around quaternary care to make sure that our patients have seamless care. And that's actually a full circle in a loop that we're working really collaboratively with others. I think it's really important for us in what we call that mid-sized hospital systems that we know what's within our scope, what's not in our scope, and we partner with others to make sure we close that in our community so that we still keep care local because that's really where the community is served best. Well, that was quite a bit. Uh, um, questions on that? Thoughts? 
Absolutely. You know, I, I think you, again, had such a great point here in trying to figure out how you can um, really elevate and have a great strategy on your leadership management system and team so that it, with a lot of clarity, you can move forward and continue to evolve with the times. Um, and in particular, when you were talking about AI and looking at, you know, where that can be most beneficial for healthcare, how to do that smartly. Um, you know, I think that's something that so many different organizations are trying to navigate right now. And when you look at um, kind of those two things in, in into the future, where do you see um, as being the best way to manage AI now and then being able to set guardrails and make sure you've got the right expertise on the health system level to uh, move forward in a way that isn't going to be damaging in the future. Yeah, and I think that starting out, you know, you know, the turtle, turtle and the hare, right, or the tortoise and the hares. And so I think of AI as data or machine learning um, in quantitatively putting information together, and that could be around quality, the bedside, or that could be a bot that um, – resends a bill in for a, when it's been rejected. And so, again, I think that for us, an organization like us, um, we need to focus on the back office operations. Where can we get efficiencies that help us out with our workforce, reduce all, our cost to deliver care so we have um, dollars to invest in future needs? We need to invest in, you know, I would say a health system needs to be financial, uh, even a not-for-profit, we need to be profitable so we can continue to reinvest in our people and our technology and our operations. And I used to say facilities, but when I say facilities, our virtual facilities and our bricks and mortar facilities, we have to be investing in both. And I think AI is going to allow us to deliver better patient care into the future. Obviously, it's not there yet, um, but we have a lot to learn and moving forward every day and asking the question and involving it and making sure your whole leadership team is engaged in it. I think gives you a, a better culture to start adapting to the future. That's great to hear, and certainly um, so important to keep the future in mind. However, I was wondering, before we wrap up here, could you talk about one change that you or your team has made that yielded some great results? Yeah, you know, as we went into uh, 2023, we, we knew expenses were rising. We also know that we had to continue to invest in, in our, our workforce in wages and, and, and benefits. And so we saw this expense coming and how we're gonna manage through that. And so we, we really buttoned down and put together through our leadership management system, uh, a clear focus on operational efficiencies and improvements because we wanted to invest in our people. We needed to continue to invest in technology, but with a lower reimbursement that wasn't gonna quite make it. And so, we actually identified through our, our processes and programs $20 million in improvement to the bottom line in 2023 that helped offset the significant increases we did in, in wages and benefits and also managing our increased costs. And because of that, we finished the year in the black. Um, but $20 million of efficiencies, um, pretty important for our organization. This year, we've set a target um, to really find another 15 million and so we're, we're going to continue to do that and look at our core operations make sure we're redefining the work that we do and that means doing deep dives in programs like radiology or your um, patient access and making sure you're as efficient as possible that people have access and that you're really driving high quality so we're piece by piece breaking our organization apart and rebuilding it 
and trying to drive towards more efficiency, greater access, and lower cost. And so that's where we're going as an organization, and we've laid out a strategy to do that over the next few years. That's really, really impressive and and definitely a huge amount when you're looking at, as you mentioned, savings, um, driving from efficiencies and really digging into things. Um, Was that primarily uh, incorporating additional technologies, new policies, like you said, to really make sure everybody is working to the top of their abilities? Any, I guess, insights one bit deeper that you can share in terms of some of the findings in in your pathway to that 20 million last year? And, And I can imagine what you'll continue in 2024. I mean, you know, in that first year, we identified 15 core projects that we were going to work through to create more efficiency. And certainly we looked at a revenue cycle from beginning to end and making sure we get reimbursed for every um, dollar that we have earned. You know, that is so important. And so we were to leverage um, better reimbursement for the work that we were doing because we broke down our processes, looked at... um, our denials and walk through every avenue of revenue cycle from beginning to end. We've been working on that for 18 months now, and it's really yield, and it's something that we can never let up. So that's an easy, not an easy one, but that's a clear one of looking at revenue cycle from beginning to end. The other thing we did is we looked at programs that we had that were not core to our organization and not something that we needed to maintain in the future. And when we had some of those, we divested ourselves from those programs and services partnered with others that were delivering them and and move them, I would say, off of our operations onto somebody else's operations so the community continued to have the service. Really simple example is we had a med spa. It's a community med spa. But is that core to what we need to do? No. So we discontinued that service, sold it to somebody else in the community. They're providing that. But allows us to focus on what we do best, and that is patient care. So lots of projects, lots of tax, and we identified about 14 for this year going in um, of, of savings and, and working through each of them one by one. Well, that's amazing. Myron, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a fan- fascinating conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. My pleasure, Laura. Thanks for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.